Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center and Contact Center podcast. We try to give you some actionable items to take back in your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve the agent experience, and hopefully improve your customer experience as well. My name is Tom Laird. I am an ICMI Top 25 Thought Leader, also the CEO here at Expedia Interaction Marketing. Expedia is a 600-seat hybrid contact center outsourcer. Located here, Northwestern PA. How's everybody doing? I took a couple weeks off. We had a couple of new clients that we've been onboarding. So I guess my my real job kind of got in the way of uh, of kind of my fun job here of, of hanging out with you on the on the podcast. Uh, real quick announcement that I think can add some value to all of you. We're going to try something different, and this could be like the biggest flop of all time for me, or it could be something really cool that you guys enjoy. But I don't know. We'll see. We're going to try to do advice from a call center geek office hours on LinkedIn Live every Friday from 1 to 2 Eastern. And what that means is like college, when you would just go to your professor's office hours, he could be just sitting there doing work. And if you had any questions, you could ask the question. So from 1 to 2, I'm literally just going to be on LinkedIn Live by myself at first doing my work. And if any of you want to come in and ask a question, you can... Ask a question live. You can submit something to me ahead of time. You can talk in the comments, and that can be private, uh, so that uh, you know you, I don't want you to feel like your your question is could be silly or 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 whatever. All questions are are going to be answered, and we can talk through. So again, if there's one person that shows up, we can have an hour conversation if you want. If we have multiple people, you know, we can have a uh, a cool Q and A. And if nobody shows up. Well, then uh, nobody's there and I'll just be uh, doing my thing. So again, we'll see. Again, I, I hope that this at least grows a little bit and, and it's just another, <clears throat> excuse me, avenue for for you to reach out and have access and, and hopefully I can add some some help and some value with your contact center. And hey, if you want to ask me about NFTs or Web 3.0, I'm, I'm more interested in that too. And I'm a big Steeler fan, football fan, basketball fan. We can talk about that as well. So anything you want to talk about, um, I'll be available. All right, so one of the things that – so there was a big debate here with, with what we were going to do this week. And again, I, I apologize for, for taking two weeks off. I know I had some people like, hey, is the podcast done or what? No, the podcast isn't done. So again, it's pretty cool when, when there's people that are – you know they're used to listening to this pretty much every week. So appreciate you guys. Uh, next week – well, next week we're having a guest, and it's going to be a company called ThinScale. And we're going to have an awesome discussion that it's going to think going to add a ton of value to a lot of you guys. And we're going to talk about, you know, the industry adoption of, of the remote and hybrid operations, right? Specifically when it comes to security, endpoint management, you know, kind of get into the weeds a little bit with, with some of that stuff, you know, talking about work, uh, work at home security, you know, VDIs, VPNs, you know, and how, while they are helpful, they're not really inherently safe and, and how we can, you know, up our security, uh, with, with some t- kind of, I guess, tips and tactics that, uh, you know, I think that all of us should be at least aware of or thinking about. And one of the biggest topics that people, you guys asked me, to be honest, it's a topic for me because we're having this internal debate as well is, is BYOD, all right? Or, or bring your own device or having agents use their own device at home. 
What are some of the things we need to look out for? Can this be done? How can it be done well? And, and I think we're going to answer a lot of those questions uh, next week. So, you know, really excited uh, for that discussion. We haven't really done a real hardcore kind of security contact center, but, you know, really focused around the contact center in a while. So I, I'm excited for that. The other thing that, uh, you know, we, we have been kind of debating here is agents playing games, right? That's been a big topic as well. I, I did a LinkedIn poll about, you know, what are some of the games, meaning ways that they get around calls, right? And not to, to be not as efficient as possible, to hang out after call work, those kind of games, not, you know, games that we normally talk about, right? So we're going to do that this month as well or, or moving into May. Do do a podcast episode on that on some of the things you need to look out for. What can you find in, in through through your KPIs and, and through your dashboards, and, and what should you be kind of again looking out for when it comes to to agents maybe doing some things that they they shouldn't be doing. But today, I've had a lot of of startups, uh, newer newer companies, companies that have outsourced that they're now bringing their their agents and their contact center back in house and. Asking kind of where to start, right? We've done a little bit of consulting work on this. And I wanted to kind of give you kind of the five pillars of, of things that if you're thinking of redoing your contact center, because that's what ha- what's been happening too, is is new management or people have come in and seen that the contact center that they're they're operating or that their their organization has just isn't isn't up to snuff. Right. So here's kind of the things if if I was starting, if I'm a startup and, and I was ever hired uh by by some company that's just starting and I was the head of call center operations for their customer service, what would be the first things that I would do to kind of get things up to snuff, get to where we need to be? The first thing is we're going to have a discussion on what channels we're going to offer customers, right? And I think there's a lot of discussion that happens within your contact centers. Are you going to be just, you know, offer that painful, which I disagree with, but I, I get that there's some financial implications to it, that that email, right? Or just chat, or, you know, send the chat and we'll get back to you within four hours. Like that kind of annoying customer support that startups kind of think is the right way to go because they want to put all their money into the development of their product. I guess I kind of see it. Um, but the end result is you're, you're alienating customers. Are you going to do a omni-channel or a multi-channel contact center? And what's the difference with that? Right, Omni-channel basically means it's omni-channel. Voice, email, chat, SMS, digital, and they can we can be handling multiple interactions at the same time. Meaning, I could be taking a chat from a customer that the customer doesn't understand. I can then launch an outbound call to that customer. Um, maybe uh, I hang up too early. That customer can call me back. Right? We can, we're all on the same interaction. Right? Still kind of dealing with with issues with with those different channels. Multi-channel just basically means you're, you're going to handle voice, chat, email. They're all kind of separate. So if, if a customer's on a chat, you're going to tell them basically, hey, call in. Uh, if you want to talk to someone in line, you're probably not going to get me. How you want to handle that, right? That's the first question. And then from there, that sets the table. That's the framework for all your technology stack, how you're going to operate, what you're going to educate your reps on, how you're going to train, what reporting you're going to do, and then what software do you need from a QA standpoint, right? The second thing that, that I would tell my my new boss is that we need to get the best technology that we can. If we have to talk about or, or make a decision over having really nice furniture and cool lighting and pictures on the wall, or 
having the top of the notch technology when it comes to how we're going to deal with with our customers. You got to go with the technology. It's a no brainer, and you, you're going to be able to pay uh, for for more of those pictures on the wall once you have customers that are happy. Meaning. Understanding that we're going to be in the cloud, right? It makes no sense in today's world to be a premise-based contact center from a cost standpoint, from a integration standpoint, from the tools that you can get, right? And then we're going to ask, you know, what is really important to us? Is speech analytics something that we really need? I think it probably is. And it's not even so much to, to get customer um, insights, but for me, I love having agent sentiment and customer sentiment scores, I think that's really important on the culture of the organization and, and also you know, how we're we how we're really treating our our customers. Are we bigger? You know, are we over fifty seats or hundred seats? Do we need WFM? Do we not need WFM? Those are questions. But WFM, if you are a larger contact center, it's the no brainer, no brainers when it comes to an efficiency standpoint. And then the other question we need to ask is how technology savvy are we? Right? Do we have the people on staff that can handle? You know, these integrations that can handle some of the setup or do we need a professional services, right? Do we need to lean on an organization to help us with that? And that's something that, you know, if you do needs to be negotiated in our contract, not to get into the consulting side here, but, you know, this is one of the biggest mistakes I see when, when this is one of the biggest mistakes I see when, when a company or a, a individual goes out, doesn't really know what they're doing and purchases contact center software without a consultant, without a broker, without somebody that has their back that can kind of guide them, right? There's so many things that you you can get you know, kind of added on to your contract uh, ahead of time to make your life so much easier. Again, not not a cheap plug for for our consulting, but you know that's something. Again, if you're not going to talk to me about it, go talk to make sure that you're talking to someone about it. The next thing is. How are you going to set up your education, right? And this would excite me, right, from a startup standpoint, because I would love to be able to hire uh, my call center manager or maybe it's just the supervisors for, for my teams and have us all be able to have an insight into how we're going to do the education of the associates, right? Normally, all this is done when a, when a supervisor or a, a middle management person comes on board. It'd be really cool to have really all of their buy-in, right? And to understand, you know, what we want to train, what we're trying to educate on, you know, how we're, how we're implementing culture into this. I think it's, it would be really, really, really cool. You know, the other thing is, you know, how are you going to incent? How are you going to engage your associates? What games are you going to play? How are you going to make this fun? How are you going to make this place a little bit different than, than, you know, another call center that's maybe across the street? And I think with that too comes, you know, in today's age, post-COVID, are we educating in-house? Are we educating all remote? Um, you know, that kind of has some cultural aspects to it, too, that would kind of tie into, you know, what what I think the, the I guess, the owners of this new startup that I'm working for, uh, how they would kind of view that. All right, number four is making sure that all of my management team, if they're brand new, and also if I have a boss, right, who's above me, understands the KPIs of the contact center inside and out, right? What's service level? What's average handle time? What's an ASA? What's occupancy? What's after call work, right? You can't be as efficient as you possibly can. You can't have people speaking the language of the contact center or making decisions on the contact center if they don't understand, right, the language, the the dictionary of it. So this is really, really important. I see this all the time with, you know, with clients that are looking to outsource that don't have a lot of experience and they're doing the right thing, right? They're doing the right thing by coming to an Expedia, coming to me, coming to another contact center, be like, hey guys, we really don't understand this. We want you to be able to handle it. And and here's kind of the things that we want. How do we track this? 
and for us to be able to kind of then, I guess, translate, you know, some of the things that, that we're going to be doing for them. That makes total sense. But if we're pulling this thing in house, we don't have that. I got to make sure that everyone on my team understands KPIs inside and out. And if you yourself don't, there's resources that we have created. There's call center dictionaries that we have. All this stuff is free. Go on my LinkedIn, uh, listen to some other podcast episodes. We have all of this stuff. And the last thing is, how are you going to monitor? How are you going to do QA? Right? Are you going to buy a, a piece of software that's going on with your telephony platform, which I totally recommend, right? Whether it's a you know, a nice CX1, which is nice in contact, or a, or a talk desk, or you know, a UJet, any of those things that that have a a telephony, or a, I'm sorry, a, a QA piece that kind of goes right with their software makes total sense. It's normally a couple bucks, seven, eight bucks per agent per month. Like it's not, we're not talking crazy, crazy expense here. But let's say you're not big. Let's say you're only got ten agents or eight agents. I don't think you need that then. If you if you are that that small, make sure that you have some type of, of of Excel spreadsheet, which isn't great, but you can definitely do uh, a a Google Doc that you can make sure that you're constantly scoring your agents, make sure that they understand that you're monitoring, and that you know there's a there's touch points that that are going to happen with them if if they need some help from an education standpoint, from a coaching standpoint. So. That's my uh, my business plan that I would present to my new boss of my of of some startup, right? That just hired me. You know, we're gonna have the discussion as a as a management group on what channels we're gonna gonna provide. We're then gonna look at the best technology that we possibly can get with some add-ons as well, right? Again, these add-ons aren't super expensive, guys. Remember, you're gonna pay anywhere from you know on the low end maybe 125 to the high end $275 per agent per seat if you're in the cloud depending on what you want. So again, we're not talking about thousands and thousands of dollars here. Um so you can you can really try to really stretch budgets a little bit farther. You know, the next thing is we're going to talk about how we're going to educate the associates, how we're going to engage the associates, how we're going to incent them, have a full plan on on making sure that everybody's bought into uh, our agents and and how they're going to be trained and and how we're going to have a world-class center. Uh, number four, we're going to make sure that we understand the KPIs inside and out, that we're going to understand if reps are playing any games, not playing like call center games, but like games for call avoidance, those kind of things. By the way, next episode, uh, we're going to talk about that more. And then, you know, the, the last thing we need to really discuss before we can really start is a, is a QA a QA piece, right? How are we going to do our quality? How are we going to monitor? And that, that's kind of where I would start. You know, the cool thing is, I really didn't talk about things I would have talked about 10 years ago here, like uh, you know, network. And while there's definitely some server implications and there's some wiring things if you're doing things internally, right? That's not the the hardest piece of this. I mean, really, you don't have to have things hardwired, right? It's preferred, right? But you don't really have to have, you can be using Wi-Fi. I mean, for most of these telephony platforms, you could uh, a rep could be at a Starbucks taking calls. Right, so so that infrastructure build out that everybody's so used to and so scared of, it, it it happens, but it's not to the extreme that it that it used to be. So, again, I hope that that helps some of you, or at least kind of spurs some uh, some thoughts into maybe some of the things that you can open up or, or change in in your contact center, or if you're starting something up, you know, give me a ring. We can definitely have a, a call. Or <laughs> hey, hit me up, uh, hit me up Friday uh, on office hours as well. So hey, that link by the way is. For office hours is on. Uh, I was on my LinkedIn. I'll shoot it out again. Uh, but again, anybody who wants to to have a conversation, love to love to talk to you. Love to get to know some of you guys a little bit better. 
Thanks, guys. I really enjoy you guys. Appreciate you. Talk to you next week.